morning, um, I was um, I was praying during the week for uh, for what what to say this morning and so on. Uh, I shared it with the guys in the prayer group, and I had this um, I had this weird word just popped up. You know, I, I felt Isaiah thirty one verse one, and um, it it I, I went there. It's a, it's a word that God gave to Hezekiah. And the word says, put your house in order, for you're about to die. So, you know, I, it's one of those, <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a real fright, and I, um, I'm thinking, you know, what, what can it be? You know, uh, I'm thinking, uh, okay, m- my family, obviously, I need to consider, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I did say to Naku, I will make sure Samuel's hair is cut, but... Uh, <laughs> I forgot, so I drove back and said immediately home, and I said, uh, "Let's go cut Samuel's hair immediately." And Mark was like, "Why do you want to do it now?" It's like, "No, no, no, we need to do it," you know. <laughs> and uh, um, it, it, uh, uh, we went to the <laughs> hair salon, and everything is full, so that didn't even happen. Uh, so, um, and uh, we felt like for once, I'm not gonna cut it, you know. So, and. But, but as I considered more, I, I, I started realizing that God is not speaking of my family. I felt like God is speaking about the church, right? And look, I don't know if I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, but so the sabbatical became quite real then. You know, we, we, we are going in, in two months' time. And um, uh, we, we're going for two months by the end of this month. We're going for two months. And... Um, yeah, I, 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 I was uh, uh, um, for a moment, well, what, what if we never come back? What if we, well, not necessarily die, but what if God does something else? What if we never come back? Uh, you know, is the house in order? Well, that's, that's the one thing that I considered. And uh, don't, don't laugh too much and enjoy it too much, y'all. I mean, just look sad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys are, like way too happy. <laughs> and and uh, um, but but the other thing is that I realized I'm I'm, I'm going to be kind of vulnerable now and say, look, I, I we've been we've been tired for a while now. Actually, we we have um, I've started this year on a on a backlog of tiredness, and how it works with me when I'm tired, uh, I. I I have a good night's rest, and in the morning I feel really good and, and strong to take on the world and uh, do what I need to do, work, labor in the kingdom. And usually, I mean, I, I've got quite a, quite a big uh, ministry capacity. You know, I really, I, I, I preach the eternal gospel. <laughs> it can go on forever and ever and ever. And uh, um, I, capacity to see people and so on. But lately, and I... I I cut out, I, I just, I, I can see one person, I, even in, in ministering and so on, it, it, it just starts feeling like a mountain for me, and I'll, I'll start initially, and then I just, I, I just, I just can't do it, and so for me, more and more, uh, uh, a thing has come that I felt like, I just want to get to my sabbatical, I'm just going to play it out, I'm just going to kind of manage, see that everything survives, until it comes to the sabbatical, get strengthened of flipping when I'm coming back, yes, then, you know, um, but I, 
you know, I, I felt um, God was speaking more and more to me that, um, that actually in, in, in some of the way that I'm leading and some of the way that I'm going about, that certain things in the house is just um, it's getting neglected, you know. It's, it's um, not what it should be. And I would see it, and because of just how I feel, you know, I, I, I would not take it on. <laughs> and uh, Andrew, I'll, I'll speak a little bit later about this, but Andrew... Um, Andrew Selly in his leadership, he says much of what a lead elder does or an elder does is many times, you know, we, we have certain plates that's spinning in the church. So for instance, we've got prayer, we've got the word, we've got fellowship, and we've got all these different facets in the church. It's like a plate that you start initially when you start building, you, you start activating this uh, amongst people and start getting activated, you know, there becomes a culture of worship, a culture of prayer, and then it's just like this plate slowly, it's like to get it going is quite difficult. And then when it starts going, you, uh, um, it's just for you to make sure that it's keep running every now and then. But what happened with me is I will see two plates that's both like starting to spin slower and slower and slower. And I'm thinking, I can only do one. That one is going to fall and that's all right. And then I see another one. I'm going, ah, that one's going to fall and that's all right. I... I'm too tired, I'll sort it out. I'll sort it out later. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Emily's word was actually quite significant, and I'll, I'll speak about it more. And I, I think what, what God has been speaking to me, why the house is not in order, and I'll, I'll speak to you guys now, is more than what I see. But the thing is... Um, it is not for me to make sure that all the plates are spinning, actually. I feel there's a call today for every member. <laughs> I feel there's a call today that God wants to say that some of us have slipped out on our walls that we should defend and stand on, right? And the call from God is that every member will again take up his territory, right? And in some ways, maybe, you know, maybe I'm looking at myself, maybe I've built bad. <laughs> maybe in some ways in the way that I've led and with the elders is that so much of the plate spinning is dependent on me. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to um, sound great at all here. I'm, I'm, it's like really in my detriment in, in some of these things. Um, but I felt like um, I felt like getting the house in order, and I'll, again, I'm, I'm going to read some portions now, is to get the church where every member again stand up and defend his wall, right? Now, I want to read you guys a portion of Scripture, and it's in the book of Nehemiah, so Nehemiah there, which she doesn't know. All right, now she knows there's a book in the Bible called Nehemiah. But, but there's five books in the Bible, actually, that's grouped together. It's Ezra and Nehemiah, which is, which is the historical books. And then there's three prophets. It's the last three books in the Old Testament, Zechariah, Haggai, and Malachi, that were all together. They were the prophets in that time. Now, what's happened in that time is Israel is desolate. It, Jerusalem is desolate. 
The temple is desolate after the Babylonian takeover. It's, uh, for those of you that remember Jeremiah, uh, a, few year, a few Sundays ago when we spoke about Jeremiah, Jeremiah, it's in captivity. But 70 years is past now. And God does something miraculous. And now he's saying, okay, now I want the, the city to be rebuilt. I want the temple to be rebuilt. And he sends a couple of guys to do it that's, that's leaders or kind of, you can say, apostles, Old Testament apostles that then gets their hands dirty to see that this thing gets built. And with the apostles, God adds prophets, Zechariah, uh, Agai, and Malachi, to prophesy alongside the apostolic prophetic type of model that comes to see the rebuilding of this thing take place. And um, you must understand, for a Jew, in that time, coming back to Jerusalem, is, look, he was in Babylon, he was in, he was in Assyria, he was in all kinds of other places. Babylon, well, Babylon was then taken over, so Babylon was pretty much in pieces, but, but this Assyria and some of the other nations that they were in was in a much better, much better condition than Jerusalem. Jerusalem was in ruins. Jerusalem was not in a good place. The temple was not in a good place, and what happened in that time you know, while they were in captivity, is the, the synagogue system came about. So Israel learned how to worship God in, in different ways and so on. And in some ways, you know, for a Jew, or for anybody for that matter, the, most, the best city to go to, the best place to go to, is not Jerusalem. Jerusalem's in ruins. But then the guys feel it in their heart that they would go back to see the city being rebuilt see the city being rebuilt and to see the temple rebuilt. And the temple and the city is both pictures of the church, right? And so here they go and they, 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 they go, why do you go to Jerusalem? Why do you go to, to live in that city? That's not a career move, by the way. It's not a career move. You start being gripped to see the city of God being restored. You're getting gripped by this temple that can carry the glory of God once again. And you're gripped by that thing. And you find a job, not, to, not for a job's sake. You find whatever it needs. You raise your family. But ultimately, it's to see the house of the Lord being restored, to see the city of God being restored. That's what you live for right? That's what you are kind of being set apart for. And they come back in, in sections, like I think it's a, I don't know, it's like a third, but like it's, if, if all Jews were, were dispersed, um, look, there's a difference between Jews and Israelites. I, I just, uh, um, I, I, uh, I realize Jews is specifically from the tribe of, the tribe of Judah, right? And, but, but they were scattered, and, and, and they come back in, 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 in sections as, as the call comes. They come back in sections. And they initially hear, you know, stupid career move, but boom, they are doing what they need to do to see it. And then Haggai comes up a little bit along the line, and he prophesies this over the people. Haggai 1 from verse 3. It says, Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. It is time for you yourself to dwell is it a time for you yourself to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? 
Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your full. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills, bring wood, and build the house that I may take pleasure in it. And that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's an interesting thing, you know, when, whenever... Um, Whenever things are going tough with us and things are going difficult with us or just harder, how we withdrew more and more to our own little space and live for our own little worlds, right? And suddenly, suddenly, subtly, the ambition even when we were young to become businessmen that's going to be kingdom business people and pour it out in the kingdom, become a distant, distant memory. And all that you can think of is, how can I maintain my own house? And subtly, with so many things, your prayer life are more and more consumed with, is my house intact? <laughs> and less and less is the house of the Lord intact. I want to quickly read you guys Isaiah 62, verse 6. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You put the Lord in remembrance. Take no rest. Is that it? Until Jerusalem. Until Jerusalem. Until Jerusalem. Uh, and he gives him no rest until he established Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. Right? <laughs> it's like my watchman, my watchman will pray. My watchman, my people will pray. Will I? I? I want to. I want to ask you guys. I'm, and I'm in. If I consider your prayer life, and I know when it goes tough, and I know how our lives become. As I said now. I know when it goes financially tough, how our lives becomes like this. And more and more, we are people that just becomes concerned about our panel houses, our own little house. I don't, I, look, I'm not, this is not a call for your money, please. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying in the heart of the matter, are we living to see the house of the Lord becoming a praise on the earth, trumping over and above your house. And I have 
You know, I, I, it's, it's a different thing. I mean, the one thing about this church for me, when, when we started initially, when we were one congregation, we, we were just mostly students. And uh, obviously PMs now mostly students. But when we were started students, students, I must say, it's easy to rally them in some ways. Like, why, why do you guys think you're here? To study a course? No, you're not here to study a course. You're here for the kingdom. The course is just a means to be here so that you can make a difference in this place. Ooh, when guys have families, it becomes a bit difficult. Ah, you don't touch my family. It becomes quite difficult when a guy has a high-end career. A high-end career. And you say to this guy, listen here, why do you have this career? That's, it's difficult to throw a business guy around. For big, big boys around. Why do you have this career? Well, my career is simply a means to be here. To live for the kingdom. No, no, no. So often the house of God. I found my place that can build my panel house. And on the side there's time also to now and then attend the house of God. I think subtly in our hearts, subtly in our hearts, the initial for the house of the Lord have become more and more dimmer, and our own panel houses has become stronger and stronger in our midst. Our own careers, our own things have become louder and louder. And I, I, I think, you know, and, and look, I'm, look, I'm just in my leadership style, I'm, I'm pretty laid back, right? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not the whip guy. Some, some, some guys that comes to me now and then, I, I put out the whip. I've got some, some of my boys, I, 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 will, I will pull out the whip. They know, all right? I give them the whip, all right? But in, but in general, but in general, and in general, I'm, I'm pretty laid back and so on. And I think, you know, I've, in, 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 in this area, I have, I'm saying aloud now, and that's not, but, but I have not led strong to call up a people to be devoted to the house of God. And more and more, when I see people have resided to panel houses, it's like, it's okay. You know, it's just like too tired almost to call the devotion unto, unto Jerusalem and unto the city that God has called and unto the devotion of it. Now, when the house of God was finally built, you know, when the house of God was finally built in the time of Haggai, and the people were called to it, you know, people were quite disappointed. The, well, the older people were disappointed. The older people were disappointed because they have heard, they have heard Solomon's stories in that temple. I and mean, that was much more glorious than this thing. But the young guys that didn't know anything, they were just like, woohoo, this is awesome. And Haggai then comes and he makes this promise. He makes this prophecy. He says the latter glory will be greater than the former glory. Now that has never come true with the, with the house of Israel. The, the, the latter temple was not as great as the former temple. Solomon and what, but Solomon in his time got was much greater than what, what uh, those guys got. Much greater. But that was merely a picture of the Old Testament house compared to the New Testament house. And the house that God is building now in these days 
will be much greater than Solomon and all his glory in the house that he had. And the house that God is having now is his people. We are his house. He's putting us together so that he can dwell in it. And this is how, how this house started. This is how this house started. I'm saying now this house, I'm speaking of, of, of way back <laughs> in Jerusalem once more in the early church. It's interesting, right? They have the festival, and this is how it works with those festivals. Very few, very, very few of the people that got saved that morning was actually from Jerusalem. It's a festival. They're all over the world. That's why they could hear God when they speak in tongues in different languages. They heard Libyan, they heard Greece, uh, Greek, they heard all kinds of different languages, and they could recognize their language because they are from different nations. Even though Jews, they're from different nations that came for Pentecost on the day of Pentecost. And when the Spirit fall, all of them got saved. Small percentage of them are Jerusalem believers. Small percentage of them are Jerusalem believers. The rest of them are all over the nations. That's where their homes are. How many of them went back to their houses? Well, I don't know, but it seems like no one. No one went back. It's like God is doing something here. God is establishing His new house. Why do you think, why do you think that everybody sold their positions? Well, they don't live there anymore. Their houses is in Libya. Their houses is in Greek. Their houses is all over the, the, the known world in the time. They're not living there. They don't have their jobs. They left their jobs. They left their farms. They left everything. To be devoted right here where God is now doing his new thing. Oh man, I'm telling you, there's guys there that had career ambitions. This was rich guys. Some of those guys were wealthy. That's why the church was rolling in it. Because all of these guys then started selling everything to be devoted of what God is doing right there. I'm thinking, guys, and I'm, 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 I, I feel like there's a new level of what God is calling us for. You are here. If you are here, if you are here, are you here because of a job? And so while I'm at it, I go to church on Sunday. Can I ask, is the job a mere means to be here? Because your true devotion is to see that this house where God has added you becomes a praise, becomes a place of glory to all the nations. <laughs> or subtly, have we become so concerned of our panel houses? <laughs> our house. You see it in your prayer life. You see it in your... I, I'm not asking for money. I'm just saying you see it in the way that you spend your money. You see it in the way that you, you, you gear your time. You see that you gear your affections. As long as my house is all right, whatever with the church. <laughs> you know, my, my friend Hezekiah that I just got the word from, right? Hezekiah was the king of Israel. And God says to him, Set your house in order, tomorrow you die. He's like, shucks, he cries out to God. God, please, give me some more time here. 
I've been faithful for a long time. Just give me more time. And God gives him more time. Gives him 14 more years. End of his life, God speaks to Hezekiah. He says, Hezekiah, you've not been faithful. You've not done what I've told you. You've not devoted yourself to this house to see that this house is in order. Next generation is going to suffer. And Hezekiah says, as long as I'm all right in my day, it's all right. I don't care. As long as my house is all right in my day, I'm all right. And then you had Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a was uh, um, after Babylon was 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 captured again by the Syrians, and he was serving there. It's it's an amazing thing. So so just. Uh, this is the, 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 the beautiful story. Jeremiah says, 70 years, you guys need to stay in here, all right? They stayed in Babylon, and then how did they get out? Babylon is taken over by a different nation, and this nation is ruled by a man then that sends Israel back because he, you know, he probably doesn't want to sit with the slip of working with rebellious Jews, so it's like, flip, just go back to your place. But anyway, they sent them back to go back to Jerusalem. But there's a remnant that stays behind. There's a guy that's staying behind. Nehemiah is one of them. And Nehemiah heard about the stories of the church, of, uh, the church, the Jerusalem. <laughs> it's the church. He heard the stories about the wall that's not in place. He heard about the story of things that's not going well. The restoration is not going well. He is in a much better city. He's in a much better place. He works in the palace of a king. But his heart is gripped for what's going on in Jerusalem. He's gripped by it. And he goes in front of the king and his face is dropped. Now, you must understand, if you are a cup bearer for the king, you smile. You don't smile, they kill you. You can't make it unhappy for the king, so you better smile. He goes in there without a smile. He looks unhappy. So the king goes like, what's wrong? Oh, yeah, there's a death sentence there. Don't let the king ask you what's wrong, man. And he says, king, if I can, can I tell you what's my concern? And the king gives him graciously, allows him to speak. He says, my people, my church, my, my Jerusalem is in ruins. I can't anymore. I need to see that it gets back to its place. And the king shows favor. It's God. The king shows favor and grants him to go. Free access allows him to transport everything to go back and go back to a city of ruins where everything going its place. But it's two people, two kings, two leaders. The one lived for his own generation, lived for his own house, for his own well-being, and whatever happens after it, it wasn't. And then you had Nehemiah. It was just different, different, you know. Now, as Emily has, has told us here, <laughs> as our deep study for the book of Nehemiah uh, um, has told us, <laughs> That the king is, um, or, or Nehemiah, you know, one of the strategies is how do I rebuild my, this wall? Because the wall, and there's different projects, the wall and, and the temple and the city. And, uh, and that's the word, I think, that's the word of God for us, right? I think, that's, I think she striked it there. She doesn't even know it, but she striked it there. I think so. Right? It is that each one is responsible for that which God has placed him in front of in that wall. I'm, I'm, I'm asking quickly, I'm just, I just want you to, to consider your place in the wall. I want you to consider your place in the wall. 
to see what is the house like. Say, for instance, you're called. Now, listen, just to clarify here, and as Renzo in the room, I don't want to get in trouble, but we are all called as worshipers, all right? It's not just a few people that's called to worship. All of us are called worshipers, right? But there's some of us here, some of us here that is called in a special way to ignite worship amongst others. You may call it a worship leader if you are there, you know. But some of us here too. Now, I, 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 I want to ask if we go over this wall now with God, we look at the, the gaps in this wall. If you call to worship, for instance, if your only concern is that I have a good time with Jesus in my room, and that's the extent of it, Oh, yeah, and the churches worship, you know. And those, those dry guys, they're not going to worship. As long as me and my Lord, oh, we're having sweet times in my room. There's something, there's something. This is just an example. I'm not picking on the worship guy. There's something that the worship guys, there's something, if God has called you to worship, I want to ask that you will dig a well in this house, until this house become a house of worship. You dig it in. You stand here. You don't give God any, any, any rest. That's what it says, the watchman. We're all on the wall in some way. We're all to see that this wall is, you don't give this, you don't give it any rest. You're going to see, you're going to dig a well here so that when people come to this church, they experience a people that is so devoted. There's such a fragrance of worship and, and bring something to God. It's just, I'm going to extend just to have my, my room. I'm going to ask to the evangelist. We are all called to evangelize. <laughs> I know some of us, oh. <laughs> we're all called to evangelize. But there's evangelists. There's some here that stirs us. There's some here that just goes like they just think and consider the lost. Oh, yeah. All that these guys want to do is they want to fellowship. They want to sit at home. They don't. <laughs> the lost is dying. I've given up on them. All right. If you are an evangelist, you're a watchman on this wall that needs to see that this becomes a house that calls in all nations, that this becomes a house where the lost is getting saved. And you, you freaking stand that ground. You fight till this thing changes in this house. You fight for it, right? If you call to prayer, you fight for it. If you call to the word, if you call that this house will be Will be, will be well in the way that it stands on this truth. You fight for it. This is not like these, these charismatics that don't care about the Bible. <laughs> it's hopeless in any way, you know. Just like the Lord says all the time. They don't even know the book of Nehemiah. <laughs>
but you fight for it. You fight and you stand in that gap, right? I'm going to ask for the prophets, you know. The prophets, I want to speak to the prophets, you know, the prophetic guys. They are, they are difficult, you know. They are, it doesn't take much or they go hide in their caves, you know. <laughs> it's like the Elijah's. It's like smallest little Jezebel, woman, you know. There they go, you know. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I can't encourage you all the time now. Come on. I mean, I, it's time for you guys to stand now, right? It's time for you guys to stand now and come and stand in this wall and take this gap, right? You, and, and, and if you have, if you, if you call, to, I, I'm saying now, if you call to the prophetic, right, where are you going to hear your words? It's like, oh, the worship was so dead, it was impossible to hear God. Right? Well, you pray. You seek the Lord. You dig for it. You find what is it that God has for this house. So in, 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 it's so easy, actually. Emily just stirred it up for a little while. She's in a meeting. She's like, okay, God, what do you have for the church? Oh, finally someone asked. Finally someone asked. Finally someone has a concern for the house. Look, Emily is not, to be honest, she, she I must be careful now, yeah. <laughs> Kyle is already nervous. <laughs> but she would not be considered as our top prophetic person. People, group, right? There's a rank. There's measures. There's measures. There's measures. Some are more prophetic than others. That's just a fact. That's what the Bible says. All right. They never can hear God. But, but. But, but just, just hearing, just, God, what do you, what do you want? What, what do you want here? I want to raise this for a place to carry my presence. Right. And then just the unveiling of more of what needs to happen. Oh, it's not just by, we're just having great worship times. That's not the way that I'm going to attract my presence. I'm going to dwell in this house. It's not a Sunday meeting. I'm not living in the roof of this building and come out on a Sunday. <laughs> right? No, no, no. I live amongst my people when they are each one living out what I've called them for. Boom! That's when I'm going to come. That's where I want to dwell, each one standing in its place. Right? Now, one of the things that's happened in the time of Nehemiah was as each one was building in that wall, there were voices. There were voices of people that told them, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. This is getting nowhere. This is getting nowhere. I want to give you an example. So, so, so uh, uh, a while ago, some guy said to me, when are we going to bring it back, the Sunday morning prayer meeting? You know what? I was very hesitant. You know why? Because I felt like I'm going to make that announcement, I'm going to push it, and then I have to spin that plate. I'm too tired. I said, like, if you guys are going to spin it, you can spin it. But I'm not doing this one. Right? And then some guy says, okay, we'll spin it. All right. 
All right? Now, let me tell you, Sunday morning prayer meeting, spinning it, you're going to be discouraged. Quarter past eight. Oh, it's terrible. I know they have to go to work at seven, but quarter past eight on a Sunday for the house of God, it's just a lot, you know. Some go to gym at six, you know. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's a hard task. And I knew that you will be discouraged. I knew there's going to be times that it's going to be, the first two times there's going to be many people and then it's going to, but someone needs to stand in that wall. If you feel it's in God, you need to stand in that wall and you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be discouraged in whatever thing God has told you to stand in front of this wall. This house will never shift. This will never happen. But you need to stand, right? You need to fight for it. And even though discouragement is going to come. And I, 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 there's, a, there's a discouragement that, um, there's a discouragement in the world of we are a crazy people that lives for, for something else in our panel houses. And uh, you live in a world that everything is obsessed with their panel houses. I understand that. But there is something even in the church in this town that I want to say. <laughs> I, uh, a Friday, had an a interesting chat with, with someone, one of, one of my boys in, 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 the ch- in, in, in the church. And I said to him, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. There's... I don't know if you guys know the story about the wild horse and the, and the horse that was in the stable. There's a story. I don't even know it, but it, it's so applicable, you know, of, of the wild horse that stood outside and he looked at the house uh, and, 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 and the horse in the stable looked at the wild horse and I'm thinking, oh, he's so free. He can do what he wants. And here I am confined, need to stick to certain things and all those type of things. And many times the confined horse would look at the wild horse and go like, oh, if only I were. There's a lot of wild horses in this church. There's a lot of, and I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning it, there's a lot of guys that don't want to be restrained, free-spirited. I'm free-spirited. That's why I like, I, like, I like these guys, actually. We understand one another, right? But there's something in the house, there's something in the house that at times are going to restrain you the house sometimes calls for a strain. And there's something in this town that does not honor the house. And there's something in this town, in Christians, that has a panel house Christianity that's going to look at you and say like, ah, where is your freedom? Where is your freedom? We run freely. <laughs> Do you guys know what I'm saying? I don't know. But I, I, I want to say that there's something, there's something in being honed in in the family of God. There's something of being sometimes even restricted in the family of God. The story at the end were, were, were that, that the horse that was confined was at the end much more used and much more than the, than the free-spirited one, all right? There is this voice that wants to get you guys. I feel, I sense the town. I've picked up the, the spirit of this town a little bit. But there's this free spirited thing that wants to call us outside of being part. And honors individualism way too much. Even in the church experience. 
a Jew came back, and a Jew's greatest pleasure was still Jerusalem. And it was still to see the temple being glorified, or, or carry the glory of God. And I, I with that, want to say, even with, the, with what you see, even with the voice of, we stand under God and God alone. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. We are free. It's sometimes at the cost of honoring the house. And there's no cry to the house. At the end, it's just an individual family house Christianity. I, I hope that won't fall where it needed to fall. <laughs> but it is something that I see some, sometimes here. All right. So I'm going to pray now, okay? I, I want you to... I want us to just consider our hearts for a little while. I, I, I know we, we just, I mean, we, we shuffle now and everything is like, oh, okay, he's finished now and everybody gets into their prayer positions and <laughs> sit, sit the time out and I can hear it's already switched off already. I genuinely want to call you guys. Uh, I don't want to die, please. Right. <laughs> I want to call you guys outside of the obsession of the panel house. Oh, just quickly put that guy one up again. Uh, I, I want to even ask if you have this experience. Just consider this experience in your daily life as you try and get your panel house in order. Uh, just uh, go on. Just for me. <laughs> now, therefore... Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your full. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Even if that is your everyday experience. <laughs> I want you to consider, is it because, is it because your life has become as big as a panel house and you've not considered, you've not lived for the house of God? It's so interesting, even then when he continues and he says, whatever you bring to your house, I will blow it away because you've not turned to what I've ultimately called you for. Okay. So I'm going to, I know it's not in a moment like this with that repentance is limited to and so on, but I want us to just consider now by the Spirit, who of us, where we have gone and, and our lives have become small and obsessed with panel houses, our house. And so, so Holy Spirit, I... You know, I almost want to say, you don't even need the Holy Spirit to convict you on this one. I mean, this is, for some of you, this is obvious. I mean, I can just look at your prayer life. I, I can just look at your time. And I'm not saying I. I'm, I'm, I'm standing with you before the Lord here. I'm with you here. Right? And if that's the case, if that's the case, that in the... In the difficulty of what we, we, we face, we've resided to more and more having a smaller life as big as we. 
can we devote ourselves again to see that this, and I'm saying house now, but this, the house of the Lord, can we devote ourselves again to the house of the Lord more than the house of ourselves? Can our prayers, um, the way that we, we gear ourselves, or position ourselves, shift again? I want to say, I, I want to repent a little bit here. So, Jesus, I, I repented. I repent. I repent where I stood in the, in the space of somebody else's wall. Jesus, where I overextended and helped try to fix where other people had to stand in their way. Jesus, even if that's the reason why I'm so tired, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. And Lord, I want to pray now also that where I've been passive and not allow, not call people to your house and devotion to your house, also forgive me, Jesus. Father, where the house was not in order and it was all right, forgive me, Lord. Lord, now I want to ask also, Lord Jesus, that every heart here that is withdrawn to own, to self, to small, to survival, Lord, that you will convict and that there will be a living for the larger, living for the bigger will be restored. I pray for every discouraged person on this wall, every person that has tried at times but not got the response and just withdrew, every heart that is withdrew, Father, that you call them back to fix the part that you have called them on this wall. Jesus, like when you would walk here, it's like each one of us will be so, can't wait to come and show you our part of the wall that we've built. Jesus, come, 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 come. I know you with my neighbor, but call you over. Call you. Come, come, look what I've built, Jesus. Just come like a child that is so chuffed in the part that you have assigned to him to build, Lord Jesus. I pray that that part will be back in us, Lord Jesus. Building that, even if it's small, even if it's big, whatever measure you have for us, Jesus. Lord, that we will return to that. I pray, I pray, I pray, Father, for repentance and a shaking up to a true devotion again, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name.